Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. We are a science fiction movie podcast. <laughs> we talk about sci-fi movies. Uh, this episode we are going to talk about Jurassic World. We have been working through the Jurassic Park franchise. We did the first three. Uh, so this is kind of a notable jump because obviously three came out in 2001 and then there was a 15 year gap and we got Jurassic World uh, which you know I remember like back in like 2008, 2009 all the rumors about what a proposed Jurassic Park 4 was going to be and like the mm-hmm. rumors of raptors with laser beams attached to their heads and the military using them for fighting and, and um i remember like the sketches for like human and raptor hybrids yeah i remember that i remember that and i think actually the first one i just said there the former like you can actually see a little bit of it in this movie there's a little bit of it kind of survived not much but there's a touch of it so yeah. we'll get to I think it. Most people were um, were thinking it had something to do with like the pterodactyls at the end of the third movie, mm-hmm. but not really. Not really, no. Uh, so yeah, we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you warning before we go into spoilers, and yeah, we'll get into it. So yeah, Jurassic World World's uh, an interesting one to go back to now. I've, I you know I, I saw it a couple times the year it came out, mm-hmm. and then hadn't really seen it since. And I think what's interesting about it is. Since it came out, there's been a lot more movies that I would say fall into its uh, mold, uh, and that mold being the the nostalgia reboot. Uh, something that this the very same year that this came out, we had of course Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and I often think of that one as the prototype for it. But this actually came out first. Uh, funnily yeah. enough, this this one was actually actually predates that a little bit. But I do think they share a lot of things in common. And it's the same sort of things we've seen pop up in Terminator Dark Fate. We've seen pop up in other uh, returns in the last few years. But these are the ones that really spring to mind. And I think going back, because I remember finding this enjoyable at the time. I remember it hitting some buttons Mm -hmm. uh, that I felt needed pushed and had a a fun time with it. And I think going back now, after I've since gotten sick of a lot of what these nostalgia reboots are doing, because they're kind of using it instead of you know, building a story in its own right, I was really fascinated to go back and watch this and see, okay, does this actually st- still feel as fun as it did? Or has the other examples of these types of movies coming back and, like, relying a little bit too much on nostalgia? Like, is, is it going to play much worse for me now? So that, that was kind of my main question going in. I mean, how, what was what was your, like, kind of feelings at the time and what did you think going into it this time? Yeah, I was, I mean, I was always a Jurassic Park super fan and... You know, awaiting the fourth movie to come out and you know i like the sequels just fine but um the, the i was really excited to see jurassic world and um i ended up seeing it twice on opening night oh, not planned i went and saw <laughs> it at, at like a seven o'clock show for the premiere and it ends on such a high note <laughs> where it was just such a ride that i just went to the box office and said I'll take one more for the ten o'clock show, <laughs> and I went and saw it again the same night. So and uh, you liked I didn't it end up seeing it again until now. Yeah, but <laughs> you liked it. You, you clearly liked it that first time you saw it because you immediately went and saw it again. <laughs> yeah, you know it's a franchise I liked, and um, it's the first time I had ever done that, and um, I did it's... it again with The Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, so the formula is working for you then? At least it did in twenty fifteen. At least it did then. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, I've only ever done that once. I have only ever once seen the same movie twice in the same day at the theater. 
Uh, would you like mm-hmm. to take a, take a guess as to what movie it was? Uh, probably something terrible like Serenity. It wasn't Serenity, no. It was it was later later than that. It was actually Dark Knight Rises. I saw Dark Knight Rises twice the day it came out. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I had actually I had plans to see it with friends at, at like whatever you know showing in the early afternoon. And I woke up early that day, and I was like, "Man, what am I going to do?" I'm, all I'm thinking about is seeing this, you know, third and final Nolan Batman movie. Is I've been waiting on this for four years. I'm so pumped, and I'm like, "Wait, I can fit in a showing before my showing with them." <laughs> so I went, so I, <laughs> and, then, and then went with them afterwards. So yeah, uh, so that, that was the one and only time I've done that. Uh, and it was just again, it was purely the excitement of the moment. Now, admittedly, there was a risk that it was. Uh, I say it really disappointed me. And I, I was still locked into that second show. <laughs> so there was a risk that I might want to go to that second show and be like, oh my God, I hated that movie. And I have to watch it again right now. What have I done to myself? Luckily, that, that did not come to pass. And I was, no. I was I was pumped. But Jurassic World, I think, I will say this, right? All the posters that came later were pretty shitty looking. But that first poster for this, which was just the logo, because if you remember the, first, the poster for the first movie, Jurassic Park, it said, you know, uh, 65 million years in the making. Uh, was mm-hmm. the, the tagline the tagline for this one i actually love how simple it was it was just the park is open yeah that was it i thought well, that's perfect that's perfect that it, yeah. because if there's, spooky if there's also, one th- for some reason well yeah i mean if there's one thing you want from like a new movie is that you, you don't want it to just be a repeat of what's came before and it and funny funnily enough it kind of largely is in a lot of ways but the one big thing they've got that's going that's different for it is no no there's people there the park is open yeah. there's thousands of of tourists and you know visitors and you know mm-hmm. we get to do the joke where there's like a there's a ben and jerry stand and things like that and obviously they love getting the, the product placement uh, money for that i'm sure but like it does make it feel more realistic <laughs> you know it was it was like when we saw ad astra and they're at the, the, the airport on the moon and there was like a subway and stuff and it's like okay on the one hand this feels like product placement but on the other hand it's more realistic because of course there would be <laughs> things like that there at like an airport style yeah. thing in the moon as someone who's traveled to many places there's always a starbucks yeah absolutely <laughs> Always. If I go to the moon and the Starbucks isn't there, uh, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, so you know, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, we've got the functioning park. We've got a movie in 2015 with all the technological wonders and all the advancements that didn't have in 1993, and uh, that p- potentially means better looking dinosaurs. It potentially means mm-hmm. you know bigger things happening and all the rest of it. And we'll get into you know whether or not that succeeds. But so I, I guess that's what he asked. The, I mean, actually. I always give the premise. Okay, so the premise is, is that these two kids, so one's a teenager, one's his younger brother. Uh, in fact, to quote the main character, uh, Claire, in the movie, one's about teenage age and the other one's about ish high. <laughs> uh, but they, they are sent off to Jurassic World because their Auntie Claire works there and they're going to stay with her for at least a weekend because her, their parents... Uh, the mum of which is uh, all, all I could think of. Like, I, see, she was sending them off. All I could think was, like, is she going to lift up her top and say, "These are the last time you're going to see these." Say goodbye to these. <laughs> if you've seen Arrested Development, you know why I'm cracking that joke. If you haven't, you'll be like, "Why is he cracking boob jokes about the mum and her kids?" Just <laughs> trust me, it works. And then the dads, the the dude from the office, who was like the 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 head, not the head of the company, but he was like the you know the regional yeah, i think he was like the ceo or cfo or something yeah 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 because because michael was the regional manager and then he was like the next one up or or jan was the next one up and then it was him whatever uh david wallace i think his name was in the office uh but 
they they so the kids get sent off to Jurassic World, and of course Claire's whole character thing is that she's too busy being a workaholic to actually spend time with them, and of course their new fancy dinosaur because basically people are bored of the same old dinosaurs, so they have genetically engineered a new breed of dinosaur, the Indominus Rex, which is part T Rex, part some other things, which we'll get into spoilers, and that of course eventually breaks out because it's a Jurassic Park movie, of course some dinosaurs have to get out and cause some chaos and people have to be in danger and that's kind of the movie that's that's it so uh tara how did you feel then watching jurassic world again for the first time in five years um yeah i still enjoy it um i know a lot of people who hate this movie Mm. and i don't think it's an easy movie to hate like it's uh I think you really have to be looking for stuff that you don't like in it (laughs) it's it's Sure, there's a formula, and that formula we've seen. I like the uh, I like the characters just fine. I mean, they're a bit tropey and fun, but you know, it, it's as I I think they do a good job with the parts that they have, and um, I like that it's that it's just a full on monster movie, and I really like the monster in the movie. Um, yeah, I like it. It's fun. Hmm. Good sequel. <laughs> yeah i i still enjoy it i still enjoy it i i think my opinion on it's went down a little bit since 2015 not a, not a ton but like a little bit there's definitely a couple of little things that were sticking out to me more this time and i think having been used to this formula now of the reboot sort of comeback movie the nostalgia sequel whatever you want to call it i feel like there's definitely a couple of things especially in the first half where i felt like okay you're overdoing it a little bit with the nostalgia stuff right you can you can calm down <laughs> you, can put, you can put the foot yeah. in the bricks a little bit and that's to say that some of it doesn't work because there is there's there's moments in the third act that totally make me pop right they make me pop like no tomorrow yeah i think the last 15 minutes of the movie are like really strong yeah no, the last 15 20 minutes are really good uh, I, I won't really find much fault in that. I Because I, there's kind of like a meta level going on as well, uh, which we'll get into yeah. in spoilers when we talk about what, what is actually going on in the ending. But there's definitely some meta stuff in there for people who grew up with Jurassic Park and, you know, they go to see this movie uh, and we're all like, well, this new hybrid dinosaur, Ugh, what's this disgusting thing in my Jurassic Park movie? <laughs> and it kind of plays with that in a meta level, which is kind of cool. So that's kind of smart. You, you Obviously, you've got a most, well, all new cast in this movie. We don't get anyone else returning until the next one, which, you know, we'll talk about then. Uh, and they're kind of treating like, uh, the, you know, the new one coming out, or the Dominion, is that what it's called? The third one? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, it, it does seem like they're kind of treating that like the Rise of Skywalker, which is funny because Colin Trevorrow, who directed this, is coming back to direct that, but he wasn't supposed to direct the third one. He was supposed to go into a Star Wars movie instead. But then he got booted off of that <laughs> and he came back to this franchise, which is kind of weird because it mirrors what happened with JJ because he did the first Star Wars, was booted, well, not booted, but he, you know, he left. And then he was asked to come back after Trevor got booted. So for some reason, the Jurassic... After Trevor got booted, but also after The Last Jedi. <laughs> yes. So response was so mixed. It's really funny that like Jurassic World's trilogy and the, the sort of newer Star Wars trilogy like mirror each other really bizarrely. It's just a solid... Uh, Hopefully the third Jurassic World <laughs> ends up better than the third Star Wars movie. I'll just say that. <laughs> I'll just say that. Oh, I'm still curious what his Rise of Skywalker, if it would have been even called that, probably not, uh, would have been like. I think I had a different title. Uh, I'm sure I saw it online at some point. I can't remember what it was, but I, I'm sure I saw what the, the... The first draft of the script had a different title, the one that he worked on. But Is that out for people to read? I actually think it leaked, yeah. I think the first draft of the script leaked, so people... I'd be curious. I don't think that he's 
a bad director. I heard that the movie he made after this was just like unwatchable. Yeah, Book of Henry. <laughs> and it was yeah. one of the reasons why he was let go. Um, so it must have been pretty bad, but like this movie is fine. Um, hasn't he done other films, like more indie films that were considered okay also? He, he did one big one before this, which, which was called uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, and it was Aubrey Plaza and uh, Mark Duplass, and it was about this guy who, you know, put an ad in the, the paper about wanting to time travel. Uh, and I don't know if we'd do it in this show, because, I mean, as much as it sounds like a sci-fi movie, because he wants to time travel, it's mostly a drama that's about, like, is he crazy, or is, is there actually, has he actually built a time right. machine? Uh, okay. I guess it's slightly sci-fi, but it's not, like, overtly. This, yeah, I mean, I think this, this movie's well-directed enough. Uh, it, it's not, I mean, it's not, like, standout, like, amazing director. I mean, I think there's still a, a clear bar between this and Spielberg and his prime, which the original Jurassic Park was. Sure. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put him on Spielberg's level, but I think this this movie is, is pretty well-directed. Hmm. For the most part, I mean, it looks good. <laughs> There's still that sense of wonder. There's a lot more CGI than the first movie, but of course, I mean, that's to you be can kind of get past it. I mean, it does look pretty good. Um, I think the story's fairly easy to follow, and the yeah, the characters and the acting is is good and likable, and I think that's you know on the director as well. I think the CG looks okay. Like, I, I remember the trailers looking a bit rough. It got better for the actual movie. I think mm-hmm. if I was to... Because I, I do agree there's that sense of wonder. They kind of shoot the, 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 the arrival to the park through the eyes of a kid, and it you know it gives it that kind of childhood wonder that you you have. I will mm-hmm. say, there is kind of a weird choice, and I remember feeling this at the time, and I, I still feel it watching it now, is that I feel like it kind of misses that first glory shot of a dinosaur. Like, it kind of... You have this big thing where they get to the park, and it's, yeah. all, it's basking in the, the tourism of it, <laughs> rather than dinosaurs. Yeah, it takes a long time till you see a dinosaur. And the, yeah, the first time you see a dinosaur is actually the raptors, and it's not like... like I mean, it gives it a bit of an entrance, but I, I felt it was missing, like, that... You know, that, the moment in the first one where they see the, the Brachiosaurus, and it's like, you know, that... I don't think that beat-for-beat beat thing of that scene. I just mean, in the context of, okay, we've got all these dinosaurs... It felt was the first one you saw the raptors or the Indominus Rex? Uh, properly, it's the raptors. I mean, I think you see like an eye of the Indominus Rex or something before that, but you, you don't see it. I mean, hell, even the first time you see it stomping around, you don't even get a full so shot of it. For dinosaurs. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Indominus Rex, the first time you even get glimpses of it, or the first, sorry, the first time it even like starts killing people and stomping around, they shoot it in a way where you never see the face. It's all mm-hmm. kind of still teases. Uh, and it's, it's very kind of... Like, we're, we're avoiding showing it to you, which again, I thought was weird because when you do actually finally see the face, it's not actually treated like a big moment. It, it's kind of like doing it as if there's going to be a big reveal later what this thing actually looks like. And then when you actually finally see it, it's like, oh, it's exactly what I thought it would look like. There's no, there's no, there's no yeah. surprise. <laughs> so there is a couple of weird. I do really like the design, though. There's a couple of weird choices with how it shows the dinosaurs in that sense, which, and I felt that at the time and I still feel it now. But that's kind of the extent of my directing complaints, honestly. Um, sure. That's pretty much it. Uh, what do you think of the characters? Because I know that's where the, the, some of the big debates and people who hate this movie tend to hate the characters. Uh, the, the, the two leads I in think, particular. I mean, I think they're fine. Um, I think... Uh, to be honest, nobody really stands out to me. Um, except for maybe the comic relief guy. Like, he's okay. Uh, Dave Johnson? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the guy with the toys and the Jurassic Park shirt. Yeah, Jake Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think he's funny. Like, yeah, he's all right. You know, he's a he's a little bit of the voice of the meta for the film, but oh, for sure, I, yeah. I don't mind. I think he's a good comic relief. 
I do think some uh, this time watching it, I did think some of the humor between Claire and Owen uh, or Tulage, which are obviously uh, you know Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. I did find some of the comic relief between them a little bit in the cringy foresight at times <laughs> in this. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not my favorite characters, but they're they're fine. Like I I still don't. I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Pratt, and I know that's like blasphemy. <laughs> No, I think that's fine. I, I feel like like people love him because of Parts and Rec, right? You know, we brought up Aubrey Plaza earlier. Like people lo- sure, I, pe- I love Fat Pratt in, yeah. <laughs> in that too. And I, I like him in Guardians of the Galaxy also, but he's not my favorite part of those films. And um, he's a little bit like like 90s Brendan Fraser to me, and I think he'll pass. <laughs> I, well, this is the thing. I, I think Guardians, the sense of humor that they give him really fits who he is as, as an actor, right? I think yeah. this movie, they want him to sort of fill in more of an Indiana Jones role, right? And that's why people, for, for years after this, they were saying, oh, maybe if we get an Indiana Jones like you know reboot, it yeah. should be Chris Pratt doing it. And watching this now, like they're, 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 they're trying to do the sort of the, the, the hunky kind of adventure man, right? But they're doing this thing where he's kind of belittling her because she's too uptight. And I think... I like her more than him in this movie, but I do think they go a bit too far and make it. You know, like, there's like I could do with some subtlety, and like, okay, I get it. She she doesn't have time for like feelings, or you know, doesn't doesn't treat the dinosaurs like animals. She treats them like statistics, and she treats like, even her nephews are like commodities that she can just sort of mm-hmm. like pass off to her assistant or whoever. Like you know, I, I get what they're doing with it, but I mean, of course you do. It's impossible not to get it because they beat you over the head with it for the first half of the movie. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't, I didn't need, like, because the, the scene where she goes to get Pratt the first time, like, he basically says it out loud. He he spells it out to us what her problems are. I'm like, no, I got it already. Like, we've, we've seen a few scenes with her. That like, does happen a couple of times. Yeah. In the movie. <laughs> so, it does. Uh, here's the thing. So, I'm so, even though I'm critiquing a few things here because like for some reason I always go to my critiques first because I guess I like to get out of the way before I praise the things well, I like. Well, I'm always so positive, so you got to bring things back to a level. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because I just like you be positive and they'll think the whole thing is going to be positive and it really like hacks. I can't have that. <laughs> I'm protect. I'm protecting your reputation as a as a critic here, quite frankly. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so, so, but like, what was I going to say? I was going to make a point, and then you uh, corrected you. Something about how you're critiquing the movie, <laughs> sounding yeah, negative. Yeah, but before, probably aren't really. No, but before that, there was sort of, I was getting to a point. Oh boy, I was getting to a point. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! You son of a bitch! Let me Not try you. to read your mind. We're uh, going to talk about Giacchino. <laughs> Giacchino? Oh, the music's wonderful. The music, uh, the music yeah, mwah. Like I think I remember because I worked at a, a movie slash um, music store when the movie came out. I think I remember this the soundtrack having really funny names. Uh, we'll look it up while you uh, remember what your point was. I don't remember it having. Well, I'm like the music now. I mean, if I can think of my point from earlier, I'll go back to it. But no, the music's wonderful. <laughs> uh, Giacchino is a wonderful composer. I obviously discovered him like many people did on Lost. He worked on that show for six seasons, creating just a, a you know, a, a fantastic, enormous library of tracks for that show. And then this, along with a couple other things, but this is... Because obviously, you know, it incorporates the John Williams music because it has to, right? It's just... Obviously it yeah. does. Oh yeah, it has to. Um, Arguably not even enough, but what I think is wonderful is that because we're treating this as a new trilogy that's kind of a sequel trilogy to the first three movies, even though the first three never felt like a trilogy because it just felt like, oh, the first movie's big, let's do some sequels. I feel like 
he did a good job of giving this its own main theme because I remember leaving the theater for this and humming the new music and going, oh, hey, I'm not just humming Jurassic Park, I'm humming the Jurassic World theme, which is different. Uh, right. And is there on top of the classic stuff. So I appreciated that. Uh, the music's great. Like, I have, I have very little to complain about the music. It's exactly as I adventurous. I appreciate and... the, the names of the songs if you want to hear some of them. Oh, go on then. Because they're all puns. <laughs> okay. All of the That's... song names are puns. And I think they did that because the original motion picture soundtrack for Jurassic Park kind of gave away plot points uh, each song did if you got this the score before you saw the movie anyway this number one is called bury the hatchling and then uh let's see as the Jurassic world turns clearly his first rodeo Owen you nothing Indominus Rex but spelt w-r-e-c-k <laughs> gyrosphere of influence um Fits and jump starts. Okay, I get what they're doing. Love in a time of Pterosaura. <laughs> I, I don't think these are actually that funny. <laughs> they're... Costa Rican standoff. Our Rex is bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sunrise O'er Jurassic World. I like it. I like the names. <laughs> they're okay. I feel like. Gyrosphere of Influence isn't funny. Come on. Okay, that one's okay, but so, some of those were just kind of whatever. <laughs> I just I like that they did that, you know. Instead of telling you what scene. What you mean, Death of Qui Gon, the, the most famous track on a, oh, a yeah. soundtrack <laughs> listing that anyone ever got. Death oh, I, I guess he's dead. <laughs> um, that's actually one of the things. Uh, the original Batman Begins score. Do you know what they did for their tracks? Every track's named a species of bat, so they, they, they make no sense to anyone. Oh, yeah. It just looks like <laughs> random words, but they're, they're all species of bat. That was the joke. Uh, yeah, I know, so weird, but um, yeah, we're, we're, so yes, yes, so no, I mean, the characters that's what we're talking about. So, like, he's okay, but they're, they're trying to kind of make him cool, and he is to a point. Um, he's, he's kind of like typical Chris Pratt, and he's kind of slotted yeah, into that role. He does the poster shot, yeah, the Raptors, <laughs> yeah, he does that. I think Claire's more likable, but I think she's more likable in the back half because I think the first half of the movie, she's like, because they, they drum it in how hard what her problems are, she almost comes across as a caricature. Yeah. Because um, I, I remember um, uh, Joss Whedon, actually, the creator, of course, of the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Never heard of it. I remember when this came out, like he was critiquing this the scene where she first goes to see him and how it would kind of play like a seventies movie. The basically is the uptight woman who's like, oh huffy duffy, like you'll stop being a smelly man and come do your job and he's like you know and the whole thing is like, oh she's too uptight to be likable and he's like the the the, the, the easygoing dude who everyone likes and how it's kind of this old school I, thing. I do find her likable still though. You know, she still has moments where she's being vulnerable, like in the elevator, trying to like give herself the pep talk before she has oh, to sure. do a big pitch. But I find her way more likable in the back half. Like, see when she actually like starts to worry about the kids that she's done a horrible job being an auntie because oh no, they're in danger because there's dinosaurs running around. She's like, shit, <laughs> I need to save my nephews. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that becomes because I, I think we've all been in situations where we we don't really take something seriously and then all of a sudden it's the most serious thing ever you're like oh shit i messed up like yeah that, that part's pretty <laughs> relatable i i think and the idea that they're sent away because their parents are getting a divorce is a nice thematic callback to the original film because even though they never said it in the original film it was always kind of implied with the themes we talked about in the first one how mm -hmm. the reason why the two kids were here visiting hammond was because their parents were splitting up and that's why tim had all these problems about ab abandonment uh so it's a nice thematic link to the original film but it's not of course 
one of the things that you may have a problem with this movie is that it does call back to the original film too many times uh there's some that are kind of obvious some are more subtle some are you know in between some and i think some of them work really well like it doesn't like maybe i noticed it more on this watch like okay we get it but at the same time like there's none that really bother me that much oh i remember what my point was going to be earlier excellent right so these are all valid complaints right and as we go through the movie in a minute when we get spoilers i'll point out ones that i think are good ones that i think are forced or bad or whatever right but i think the thing about jurassic park that i want to make clear and why i think that even with those faults it works better overall as an experience than a terminator dark fate does even though i think that had some good qualities but ultimately i came down a lot more negative on that because i felt Mm -hmm. like it wasn't you know, justifying itself as its own movie. It was relying too much on the original films, blah, 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 blah. I think the reason why I'm okay with it a bit more, or at least easier with Jurassic Park, it's the same It's the same reason why I'm okay having Friday the 13th sequels for the rest of my life and having another 50 of those. Because ultimately from Jurassic Park sequels, I don't really want, like, a story that changes my life or, like, something that's really in-depth or has, like, you know, some sort of soul-changing experience where I learn something about humanity. With Jurassic no. Park, all I really want is a monster movie where people get eaten, and yeah, just just like Friday the Thirteenth, I want a movie it's where true. Jason oh, goes around and kills people. Film. Yeah, <laughs> so like that's all I want. So ultimately, these problems that I'm having with it don't actually bother me that as much in the context of this movie because, and this is the thing: when we get to the next movie, which has definitely got a much more negative reception overall, I'm going oh, to have yeah, some hot. Definitely. I'm going to have some hot takes. I'm going to have some hot takes I... when we get to that next movie. No spoiler. I really like the design of the Indominus Rex, yeah. but I'm going to spoil something for the next movie. I love the design of the monster for that film. Okay, all right. leave it there. Leave it there, because we've got a whole <laughs> separate episode about that movie. But I'm just going to say, there's going to be some hot takes about evolution. So, yeah. yes. And I know people complained about the um, like the genetic alterations of the dinosaur for this film, too. And you know, why couldn't we just have a dinosaur movie with just dinosaurs? But... The dinosaurs from Jurassic Park were all genetically modified anyway, so it's really not that much of a stretch that they would make something bigger with more teeth that I will think... get more people, you know, to go to to the park. Like to me, that makes perfect sense. Like you're already genetically engineering a, an animal that never really existed because they had to use like frog DNA and stuff from, you know, the first mm. film that Mr. DNA explained to us. And Dino they're doing the same DNA. thing here. And this was actually brought up in the original book by Michael Crichton. Like he talked about this very concept that they used for the film. No, I, I think for me, and that, that never struck me as a problem because I liked, again, the meta cynical nature of it of like, yeah, this is what a corporation would really do. They, they would bastardize yeah. it. And I like the idea that there's people in the movie, that there's characters, Owen being the, the big main one who's like, hey, this is kind of like you bastardizing nature. What the hell are you doing? This is not a real animal. You can't do this. We were already doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. Well, yeah, but you can't struggle off because obviously like they've made something more dangerous. So there's a reason not to <laughs> like, I mean, obviously yeah, there's a reason true. not to do it in the first place with anything, but uh, I feel like no, there is a point here. So, okay. You, you've tried to make something as close to what it was before, you know, and obviously the entire first movie is about, should we have done that or not? And I, I think obviously we come down to the idea of like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably not. But, that, that, but that's there's just... a line in this movie where um, the new CEO guy says like Hammond entrusted this project to me or whatever. You're like, would Hammond really have done that after the events of the first movie? 
Well, yeah, but we have to have a sequel, so we just have yeah. to accept that. Yes. Yeah. That's just one of those things where you just kind of have to go with it because cause, cause part of you is thinking, like, oh, would they really open this park after what happened there? And you're like, yeah, probably some corporation would do it because they want money. Yeah. You know, I, I can see that being totally been a thing. I like money. And they try and poke, they try and poke some again some meta commentary at it. Like, yeah, we're aware that this is kind of you know you know one of the characters talks about the fact that there was deaths in that park and like it's in poor taste to reference it. I, actually, one of the little subtle things I like in the movie color design wise, I never really picked up on in sort of like the, the reason for it until this watch is obviously they've got a new logo. Right, all all the logos in this movie are blue. Right, all the Jurassic World logos are blue and not red and yellow like they were in the, the original Jurassic Park, and. I realized why that was. There's actually a really simple reason for it. It's to make sure, not just to have a new shiny logo to differentiate it. The reason for it is because whenever they encounter like a relic from the old park, you immediately know it's from the old park because it's different colors. It's that mm-hmm. simple. They just, they want it to be visually obvious the second you see something that's red and yellow. It's like, oh, that's from, that's from the original park. So when you see them wearing that t-shirt, you know it's the old park. There's no mistake in it. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, simple, simple little idea like that is, is really smart so yeah prop, props were props with you uh, so is there anything else I want to talk about before we get into spoilers mm. Vincent D'Onofrio looking like he's walking towards a barbecue table every time he walks into a room how do you not like Vincent D'Onofrio though like he's so good <laughs> it's the, it's the way, it, 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 there's a couple of times where he's sort of holding his belt with one hand it's like he's like holding his pants up as he's walking to like, yeah, yeah I'm going over to the barbecue table <laughs> I love Vincent D'Onofrio I mean between between this and um, oh Men in Black oh, well really after Men in Black I'm going to love him forever <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I didn't really clock that that was him in Men in Black until we went back and watched it because I didn't know who Vincent D'Onofrio was when we first watched that. It's so it's so unlike him. Because this was the I same. Mean, he's also very slender in the movie, but yeah. Men in Black. <laughs> but this was the same year as Daredevil, which was probably the first time I really knew who he was. So this came out, and then Daredevil came out, and then this came out, and it was like, okay, so here's Vincent D'Onofrio, and then yeah, when we went back and watched Men in Black, I was like, okay, this is this is him, like all these years ago. <laughs> yeah. Looking really yeah. different. I mean, most people probably know him from Full Metal Jacket, which he wasn't really slender in that film either. But, <laughs> but yeah, but that's so long ago that he looks, you know, he's, he's, he's a young man in that movie. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, he looks so different. Uh, plus, I've only seen that once and it was a long last time ago. So, <laughs> I don't remember him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's pretty memorable. He's oh. part of the, the best part of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so but so someone was asking because I've been doing those tiered videos every so often recently, and someone said, "Hey, would you ever do a tiered Kubrick episode?" And I'm like, Ooh, and I'm like, I totally would. You have I, to watch them all again. Yeah, well, I, not even just that. I'd have to watch Spartacus and Barry Lyndon for the first time because I've not seen those two. Oh, you never seen Spartacus? Nope. So I'd have to watch. I haven't you, seen Barry Lyndon either. I think that's another war movie. Yeah, you've never seen I Was Shot, so you've got you've got two as well. That you've not seen at least. That's true. That's true. Have you seen The Killing? I don't think so. That's a good one. I like that one. That's like pre-Pass of Glory, right? Is that his first movie? Uh, I don't know if it's... It's around... I think it's the 50s as well. I don't know if it's... It's probably before Pass of Glory, yeah. I've, I've got the Criterion. It's a really good movie, though. It's about, it's about a group of robbers who rob a bank. Uh, that's good stuff. I haven't seen it. 
But anyway, so that's the Amish Maybe I'll watch it since I'm at home for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to say why. Yes, under quarantine. Yes, uh, yeah, we're doing the cinema experiment. Tara left the door open and the entire world's in chaos now. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I let all the bad sci-fi movies out. <laughs> all 19 of them. All Vin Diesel. <laughs> 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 okay so don't make light of the situation before we go to spoilers though i will take this time to thank our patron producers for the month thank you to david short alison m forday cindy palacios tyler hess and talking superman they're all patrons at the 20 dollar or above tiers that's what makes them patron producers however you don't have to be a 20 dollar patron do you tara why no? If you like what we do and you want to support the channel, you can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV and donating as low as $1 per month will get you bonus episodes of The Ace. So check out the back catalog of the Transfer Saga and other fun films that you won't find anywhere else, probably. Yeah. Thank In you. fact, the last episode that went up uh, for bon- the last bonus episode, I mean, that went up for patrons would have been uh, Free Jack. So uh, which we are actually about to record after we record this one. So I don't know what Tara thinks of that yet, but we're that'll nope. be up. By the time this goes up for everyone, that'll be up. So, uh, and I, I think that's like the eleventh bonus episode. So there's a you know, there's a back catalog there now. So go have a look. Hey, look at uh, this. And five dollars, of course, uh, tier will get you early access to every, all the episodes by one day, and you'll get to vote on an episode once per month as well. So. Have a, have a look see all right so jurassic world movie begins with the egg and the the Indominus <laughs> rex kind of cracking his way out of the egg and all, all the, the rest of it all right boom how do you, do you like the transition of the the, the bird's claw you, yes. you get the close-up of the, the bird's claw <laughs> but you, oh, you think it's a dinosaur but then the camera pulls out and it's actually just a bird because on the it lands with like a dump yeah they give it the t-rex sound effect <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed my sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, we're interested in the two kids. Uh Max and or is it Zach and someone? I think it was Zach and someone. Zach and Grey? Oh, Grayson? It? Yeah, just Grey. That's what he's Grey does. So yeah, Zach and Grey and they're off to the airport and the, the parents send them off and we get the sense that the parents are you know, in a rocky, rocky spot. Uh, uh, she, she pulls some sass mm-hmm. and says, say goodbye to these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we I, love Arrested Development. Yeah, I feel sorry for Judy Greer because I literally can't see her without thinking of her, lifting her top up and saying, say goodbye to these. <laughs> I know. That and as a CGI ape. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but I don't really. Yeah, I don't see her and like and that. So I don't necessarily like. You know, it's not. It's not whereas the visual of her lifting her top off. She's Mrs. Caesar. Oh, I know, but you don't see her. So it's not like I see her and go, "Oh, I recognize her from Planet of the Apes." Well, no, but I recognize her from watching all the behind the scenes. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's a different thing. That's very different. So. Yeah, so they go off, uh, and we get the the big like. And I, I do kind of like that it gives you all the steps of the journey, not not necessarily the plane part because it's just you know you're flying to Costa Rica, but like the, mm-hmm. the the boat to the island, like going into the hotel, 
and of course the impersonal touch of having like uh, Kate McGrath with the, the the iPad just saying you know Zach and Gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she actually wanted to become uh, Lena Luther and Supergirl, so most people know her from that now. Uh, where and I remember when she was cast, I'll just think of like, was that the one who got that really over the top murder scene in Jurassic World? <laughs> because oh that, yeah, that's her yeah, legacy her in this movie. Rough. It's <laughs> I so love it. yeah, I love it too. It's so over the top. I mean, it feels really out of place because it's the only death in the whole movie that's this elaborate and like over the yeah, top. Yeah, and it's for a character who's like not that bad. No, yeah, it feels like this is what like Vincent D'Onofrio's death should have been this because he's the one that you like are supposed to hate because he's a dick the whole movie. That's he's earned this death. She, she, like she's just doing her job. She's just yeah, she's been nice enough. Like it's not her fault. She's she's been chosen to be the 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 babysitter. (laughs) So, uh, yes, and since we've mentioned it, okay, she gets picked up by a pterodactyl, gets tossed to another pterodactyl, who then flies her out to the water, drops her in the water. And then tries to pick her back up out of the water, but then the uh, the Mosasaurus. Thank you. The Mosasaurus eats her and the pterodactyl. <laughs> the only the only thing that was missing was lots of blood. That's the only thing I feel is missing from some yeah, of the deaths. Yeah, there was zero this. blood. Yeah, there's there's one close up of blood splatter hitting something on its own, but that's it. There's like no blood coming from bodies. You know, like pro- I mean, obviously there's like little cuts and scratches and stuff, but I mean, there's no. Yeah, you know, Brad Bird was a monorail announcer. I'm looking at the IMDb. I did not know that. Yeah, Brad Bird was the monorail announcer, and Colin Trevorrow played Mr. DNA. (laughs) (laughs) Dino DNA. Hello, John. Did you notice the statue of Hammond they've got in the the, the main center? Yeah, he's like the Walt Disney of the park. (laughs) Because Disneyland has that too. Yeah. Got got a statue. And I I, I did love that Mr. DNA popped up on one of the screens. Yeah, just for just for a second. That that's one of those little things where I'm like, okay, I, I I happily accept this callback because it's perfect that it's still there. It's perfect that yeah. that stuck around. Uh, the the moments that kind of like, if Joe Joe one bugged me actually this time watching it, and this character's inclusion actually bugs me a lot, is uh B D Wong's character Doctor Wu. Um, I kind of hate yeah, him I in this have movie. Yeah, I to say about his character. Yeah, <laughs> I, so. This is the funny thing is that he I, I know him even though obviously I knew him from Jurassic Park first because that's the first movie I literally ever saw in the theater. Uh, obviously his role in that's really small and he's he's been on Mr. Robot right. He was a big character on Mr. Robot so now I think of him as White Rose first and foremost. But like so he he shows up in this movie and he's met, he's he's the only returning character from the, the original films mm-hmm. and I feel like they, they did this thing where he's kind of like an evil dickhead in this movie. Uh, partly so they can sort of slay IDs for the next one, but like I felt like his introduction, they went out of their way to kind of introduce him the same way as the first movie, where someone's like talking about the egg, because you know uh, Claire's showing like some investors or like uh, possible uh, sponsors mm-hmm. for the dinosaur, right? And she's like going around, and when someone asks about the the egg or the dinosaur, he sort of walks and goes, "Oh, we don't read them," and like I'm like. You're just trying to mimic the way he like because the way he inter- the way he committed the conversation in Jurassic Park the original was just like that where you know Alan said something about the dinosaurs and he said oh you know we don't read them and he, in fact it's almost the same line he actually I'm sure the word read yeah. is in his first line of Except dialogue. Except that he's like immediately comes off as evil. Yes. Maybe it's just like the Steve Jobs turtleneck that he's wearing or something, <laughs> but like his character immediately comes off as wait is he the bad guy in this? Which is weird because. 
I, when I saw it in the theater, I was just like, why is B.D. Wong the bad guy or Henry Wu? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where they're just doing it to try and connect it to the first movie. Even though the character in the first movie, there wasn't even a hint that he was anything other than just a normal, like, likable mm. dude. <laughs> like, there was nothing. I mean, I guess he could have been seduced by money and power. Yeah. We're possible. all capable. But um, just, it felt like a stretch. Yeah, so that, that that was like one of those first moments when I was watching it this time where I went, oh, that introduction felt kind of forced and it was like, hey, it's just like the first movie. Uh, I will say this, I love that they don't show the T-Rex until the last, you know, the last no. 20 minutes. No. I love it. I love it. I love how excited the kid is to see the T-Rex too. He goes to the T-Rex paddock right away to try mm-hmm. to like get a glimpse of the feeding and like, you know, it's shot in a way where you can't see him. Yeah, because we don't get the... Uh, because I was talking about the the wow moment when they see dinosaurs properly for the first time. We don't really get to see that until they're in the uh, the gyrosphere, which, and I can kind of justify it actually because one of the things with the kids to just sort of stick with the kids first for the, the sort of the first half of the movie is that you know the older brother uh, Zach he is I think he's the older brother. Let me just double check that's the older one because I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yeah, the older one, Zach. Like, he, he's very dismissive. He just wants to stare at girls. Which, by the way, I love that the younger one kind of calls him out at one point. I'm yeah. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? You're just staring at them. What, what's going to happen? He's going to yeah. trick them into walking over to you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the girls walk away and he blames the younger brother. Like, he ruined it. But, like, it is I, a little creepy. <laughs> I had this intense stare guard. Now, don't get me wrong. The first time he sees them and he kind of stares because he's he's like caught sort of caught off guard. That's that's a relatable enough moment, right? Because he's like, oh, pretty girl. Oh, but mm-hmm. the second time, like, okay, this is the second time you've seen them and you're just staring again. This is now in creepy. Like, I'm watching your territory. It seems territory. to be like a different girl every time, also, which is such a teenage thing. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely a teenage boy thing. So it's not like it's unrealistic for his age. Yeah, after his like big goodbye with his girlfriend that took forever and <laughs> <laughs> which he seems so not interested in as well like he's he's, no. he's so he's so done with it uh but he he doesn't he's not interested in anything he's he dismisses his brother and when his brother actually starts crying at one point because he's worried about his parents getting divorced uh he's like just deal with it and grow up we all have to grow up at some point uh you know he, he he's very dismissive he's very mean about it mm-hmm. and there's a moment when they go to see the mesosaurus where they're they're in the the stands and you know he doesn't care until it jumps out and he sees how big it is and he kind of like smiles for the first time and it's like oh he's actually been awed by this huge thing that you know he's like okay dinosaurs whatever but actually seeing the size of this thing made him break his you know teenage bullshit character that he's he's you know putting on Um, right and so i i guess okay there's a slight justification in that they're saving it because they want it for when he's kind of like wowed by it because that's sort of a change for his character but it's still kind of weird in the context of the whole movie because by that point we've already seen raptors by that point we've we've seen glimpses of the indominus rex like it's just kind of it's a weird yeah, pacing but, thing like even in the trailer for jurassic world like it ended with that big mosasaur like eating the 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 great white shark and mm-hmm. like when the trailer was over you talked about that scene not all the dinosaurs you saw in the beginning <laughs> Because it is a huge spectacle. Like, it is awesome to see. Yeah. 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 So I buy it. (laughs) It's just a weird pacing thing for me. It it feels like they introduced the dinosaurs in a weird order. (laughs) But, I mean, it's... It's, it's what it is. I mean, and it's not that I wanted to copy Jurassic Park. In fact, hell, my biggest problem is that maybe they copy things from the movie too much in terms of 
what they're doing because you can kind of map it out of the movie and say oh it's kind of like the, the original movie where they arrive at the island does the introductory pool where everything's fine dinosaur breaks out and of course it ends at the, the main complex where the lab is and where the the visitor center is like you know you can kind of like break it down and say oh it kind of fits with the original movie in a lot of ways yeah uh, which, which is fine like it's not a big deal um, which is kind of the excitement of the sequel in a lot of ways and what the third one's going to be is that they get, they get to do something completely different it's like oh let's just do something wacky like, go and, what can you do now that Why you've not? done the, the, the sort of the, the nostalgia trip but yeah I think with these sequels we say the more B the better yes yes the full I, B movie B monster movie I want a full B movie as well I completely agree with that I mean even Spielberg couldn't make a great sequel so let's just see what people can do just play with the toys yeah um <laughs> give us more monster now i'm not including fallen kingdom in this yet because we've not gotten to it but at least up until this one mm-hmm. i'm willing to say that spielberg made the worst sequel yeah yeah i i would agree i like three more than two yeah i like this more than two as well that's the other point i'd make <laughs> yeah i like this one too so so yeah that's, that's what it is so, Sorry, Spielberg. So we <laughs> they have, can't all be home runs. <laughs> we have the kids, uh, and then they end up in the gyrosphere by the time like everything is breaking out. But obviously, going on during this time is the introduction to Kate, and then obviously we see her kind of like basically just say, "Hey, kids, you know, do do you have a bedtime? You know, I'll see you later. I've got, <laughs> I've got meetings all day. Go yeah. away." There's a really great Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, Kristen Stewart, and it's about the Rosetta Stone program, but how to talk to children. <laughs> it's it's really good because she's so good at playing awkward so like her talking to these little kids like hey so you, you wear um clothes <laughs> <laughs> are you bad at talking to children <laughs> in just four easy weeks with rosetta stone anyway it's really funny and this scene kind of reminded me of that <laughs> just her awkwardness like she really has no idea like she's still out of her element when it comes to like entertaining her own family <laughs> which is you know interesting yeah she uh i mean that's just a character right she she that's that's kind of her whole thing the whole movie yeah uh but we're interested to her and we're interested in the idea of this new dinosaur and she's showing the new boss the new boss man uh mm-hmm. majrani his name is and of course we get a scene in the helicopter uh this is one of these things where like, i was really happy to see it in 2015 but watching it now i'm like yeah, you really wanted a shot of the helicopter flying around because that's how Jurassic Park started, was with the helicopter arriving the island. Yeah, you wanted to see the island. I mean, you got the island from the boat, but you wanted yeah. to see the island. Uh, it was, I mean, let's be honest. They did this because they wanted to have that main theme play as the helicopter landed. That that was that was the reason for this. <laughs> yeah. That that was the sole reason, and there was a lot of jokes from you know him about because he's he's getting his license. He's not quite past his test yet. He's he's getting one. Mm-hmm. His test is like next week, so he's he's kind of a shaky shaky landing. Uh, this, this is one of those scenes where I felt that they had to over the head too much with like her character because he says, "Oh, how how does, how's the part doing?" She's like, "Oh, well, you know." we're down you know we're up two percent which is not as good as the projections but it's still better than last year he's like no 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 how's the how are the people how are the dinosaurs and she's like well people's happiness is at 90 percent and up you know steady and we have no way of measuring the dinosaurs and he sort of turns and goes of course you can their eyes and i'm like okay i get it <laughs> like, <laughs> like his like the, the the first question or the second question i suppose when he says no no how are the people how are the dinosaurs and her response to that was all you needed you didn't have to have him like sort of really point it out like no they're they're, they're living beings clear you know they have feelings they're, they're, yeah you know. yeah 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so those things. I want to share an experience. Okay. So an anecdote. So you're on <laughs> an island. that we sort of talked about, but not really. But Claire's you're... like showing off the new dinosaur to the investors. So you're on, and... you're on an island with dinosaurs. You're wearing high heels. You get shoulder length mm-hmm. hair. You get the whole, whole shebang, <laughs> right? Go. Yes. I rocked the red hair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when, when the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland first opened up, um, I got to go. And was super excited about it. And the ride itself is, you know, it's great. But the the real impressive thing was the the lineup for the ride. Because they built this whole, like, tunnel system with all these, like, ancient-looking um, scripts on the walls. And when they first opened up for, like, a year, they used to hand out these cards where you can it – would, it would be, like, a translation card. So you can match the symbol with the letter on the card. And you can decipher what all these different messages are throughout the entire line. And the line's like, it's a long line. I don't know how many like feet it is, but you know, it, it takes a little while to get through. So there's a lot of messages and about 80% of them are advertisements for AT&T. <laughs> that is the most pathetic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like I was sitting there thinking, oh, that's a fun way to pass time when you're in the line, right? Right. But then you had to ruin it with they're all adverts for AT and T. Yep, a crummy commercial. <laughs> yeah. So also I, very realistic in this film. Yeah, I did think because they're looking for a sponsor for the new dinosaur, and I like that when Jake Johnson finds out about this in the control room, yeah, he cracks him. Yeah, he's like Pepsi. I was just name the dinosaurs after the companies. I mean, they got the stadiums, <laughs> like the, the sports stadiums. Why not? Why not the dinosaurs? Uh, uh, so, so obviously, I remember like one of the bits of trivia at the time when the movie came out was like, oh, he's got Ian Malcolm's book on his desk. That was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really noticed the dialogue this time when she's talking to him, you know, when she's talking about his desk, and he says, no, I like to think of it as chaos. Uh, yeah. And he sort of like, and I'm like, oh, I get it because the chaos theory, yeah, very cute, <laughs> very cute writers. He's just, you know, he's he's us. He's the he's the fanboy who's just excited to be there. Yeah, which it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm of two minds. Like, do I want that character in the movie? Like, I get the purpose of having someone who represents us, but at the same time, like, is it just too far? Is it a bit too. I think it's appropriate for the film. I don't know. Yeah. Like, if it was in the second movie, I would have been like, okay. Well, he's back, <laughs> in, the, he's back in the third one. Oh, in the next one? Yeah, he's, back, he's coming back for the third one. Okay. Yeah, all the cast of the original movie are coming back. It's like, it's like the. Avengers of Jurassic Park movies. Everyone, everyone's coming. <laughs> We're in the end game now. We're in the end game. <laughs> the T Rex is going to have to put on the, uh, the 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 gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> and erase all the dinosaurs. Oh, the tiniest be- gauntlet ever. It's going to be at like the end of T two, where the T Rex is going. No, 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 no. We can't exist. You know, there's there's one dinosaur brain left, and they're going to have to lower him out of the lava. As the piano theme, like, well, we just wrote it for you guys. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so, no, I, uh, I think it works because it's Jake Johnson. I think if he, he's really likable, I think depend if they'd cast someone else. Like, I mean, I think there's other actors that could have made this work, but I think there's definitely a possibility of casting someone here that would have made this infuriating as a character. But Jake yeah, Johnson's pretty likable. Yeah, all the jokes really worked for me with his character. Like, even 
though I, I knew it was coming, like the why'd you have to make a personal line w- worked in the theater or worked this time for me at home. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good line. Uh, the, the attempt to kiss on, on his co-worker, uh, <laughs> also pretty funny. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I I, I kind of like that he's still going went in for a hug afterwards. He's like, well, okay, well, I mean, we still work together. And I might die. Let's go for a hug, shall we? Yeah, uh, it was a nice moment. So yeah, she's cool with it. Yeah, um, yeah, like I, I liked having it was nice having someone to bounce back to uh, throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Who's in like one place? I, I think that makes it makes it work. So we're introduced to obviously her, and then we're introduced to Owen because the boss man wants Owen because he's like he's the one who kind of like understands the animals well enough to, to how they make try and escape and things like that so they she's going to go and see you on yeah claire's not cool with it we're introduced they have history it turns out they have a single <laughs> date in their history and we see that he's actually training raptors he's training blue and the other three raptors uh with commands and it's, it's, this is one of these things where th- this scene does get a little bit hurt on repeat viewings because the scene that introduces him and it introduces yeah, the idea hold for the poster hold sure for the trailer but hold this, for all the advertising the scene that introduces him is also the scene that introduces the the villain hoskins which is vincent d'onofrio's character and the idea that he wants to use raptors as soldiers which is absolutely moronic how do you expect to control them this is insane and it's also the scene that, intru- that has this big action sequence where someone falls in the pit and he has to jump in and do his thing right and i'm like there's so much in this scene. Like you could, yeah. <laughs> this could have been two scenes at least. Come on, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> because see, if you actually pay attention to the clock, you don't actually get to meet Chris Pratt's character until the twenty-minute mark. It's actually quite a bit into the yeah. movie. Uh, because we have all the interest from the kids coming to the island, and then it switches to Claire. We interest all Claire, all Claire stuff, and she takes the boss man to the Indominus Rex. It's not until after all that that we finally get to. Uh, to him you know he's, he's it takes quite a bit of time to get to him yeah and then they have to have their second meet cute fight oh yes yes where she comes to get somebody's little hot and mm-hmm. he's he's cracking dumb man jokes i guess <laughs> uh, it's fine like it's yeah. fine it's it's fine but it's it's not it's uninspired i guess is what i described that scene as yeah yeah, that's probably true. I don't love these characters as much. I don't know. Like, maybe I love Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm, but like the rest of the characters from the first one, I don't really like that much either. Like, Lauren Dern is fine. The kids are fine. Um, you like Hammond, do you not? Yeah, I like Hammond. I like Nedry. Joe, jo, I think it is. See, okay, you've, you've just said like five people. Joe, I think it is. And I think this is maybe like, I don't know if it's a thing of the era or a thing of whatever, but I feel like in this movie, while it works as a B movie, and that's how we kind of enjoy it, I think mm-hmm. there's an effortlessness to the characters in Spielberg's movie for the most part where they're not, it doesn't feel like they're trying too hard to make us care about characters. No, they feel more real. Yeah. Whereas this movie, I, I kind of, like, like you say, even with Jake Johnson, who we kind of like because it's Jake Johnson, some of those jokes do kind of feel like, see, wink, wink, audience. See? Mm-hmm. You know, he's witty. Wink, wink. Like it feels like they're really trying. They're really they're trying to make Chris Pratt this likable role. They're trying to make, you know, some of these characters be the way they are. And whereas when you go back and watch the first movie, I feel like, you know, like Alan's just Alan and Malcolm's just Malcolm, and it doesn't feel like they're trying really hard to make us feel, you know, like obviously they want an effect and they want us to care a certain way about these characters, but it sure. doesn't it doesn't feel like they're 
trying really hard to the point where I'm noticing it. Uh, and maybe that's just better writing. Maybe that's just a case of, no, the script for that movie, maybe the direction as well and how the director's, you know, directing the actors. Maybe that's why it comes across that way. But I definitely feel like a little bit of a try-hardness to the characters at times in this. Yeah, I can see that. Which? Yeah, I mean, if you compare the characters, the the characters from the first movie feel a lot more just genuine, like real people. And even the quirkiness comes off as just, well, that's just Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And, and these ones feel like they're trying to go for a character, trying to go for a shtick. Um, mostly Chris Pratt, to be honest. I mean, the kids are fine, but they're... Uh, kids are fine, uh, yeah. Kids are kids. Yeah. They yeah. just play kids, whatever. They were fine in the first movie, they're fine in this movie. Yeah, I, like, I don't worry, I'm not harking on this too much because I, I feel like... I still, quite, I still quite enjoy the movie. Oh, look, Tower Force. <laughs> I still quite enjoy the movie, so I'm, I don't want to like, really tear it down for this, but there's a reason why Jurassic Park is a movie, not just because it's the first movie with these sort of lifelike dinosaurs, at least you know, in the context of a time. I, there is something that actually makes it a really solid movie that's you know well-made, and I, I think it's just it's worth pointing out why this movie, you know, apart from anything else, you know, there's, there's reasons why it is more of a B-movie, and that's one of them, is that the characters do feel kind of... You know, just like they're, they're they're there on paper to service the plot and what we're doing, but they're not necessarily, you know, ha- have what those original characters did. Um, so yeah, I would agree with that. So once we're introduced to those two characters, uh, she takes them to the Indominus Rex, but it's not there. It plays a trick on them. It tricks them because it, it turned. So we find out in this scene, much like the characters do, that it can hide its heat signature. So it makes them think it's not in there, which makes Chris Pratt, you know, Owen and a couple of others go inside of the paddock and then they realize, oh, no, wait, it's in there. Now, I do think it's interesting that it waits until the other characters realize that the track, you know, via tracker that it's still in there before. Because, you know, there's a, good, there's a good minute or two of Chris Pratt and the other two guys, like, in there looking at the scratches in the wall going, hmm, do you really think it climbed out? I don't know. It's one of those, like, horror movie, like, contrivances where, mm-hmm. no, it didn't strike until the character started to realize that it was in there with them. I don't care. No, I agree. <laughs> I don't care either. But I'm pointing out, damn it. <laughs> I, I like this. I like the idea of these being friday the 13th film <laughs> oh sure no i agree yeah just go with it is it well that's why that's how we justified uh the the spinosaurus sneaking around like michael myers last movie <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> even the first movie was guilty of that though which again we brought up oh, the definitely. idea the t-rex yeah. you know the footsteps cause just earthquakes sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> until it needs to sneak up on something and it's just there <laughs> especially when like a big part of the plot is that you can hear the t-rex coming yeah (laughs) the slow steps that cause like rippling in water it's one thing to be inconsistent it's another thing when one part part of that is like something you focus on and really point out and say hey look at this as a plot device and then surprise (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm just thinking about the t-rex doing jazz hands like surprise (laughs) um so so we have our first sort of sequence here. This was the scene earlier that I was talking about where you don't really get to see it properly. You see like sort of the claws and you see like some of the legs, but it kind of hides the the actual face and the head, which is kind of weird when you think about it because it's so big. It's kind of like, it, even though obviously it's CG, so it's not actually there. So they just, they just do whatever they want. But it, it, it has this almost impression of the camera's really working hard to not see its face. Yeah. Yeah. That's the effect you get. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, yeah it is but you're you're so like glued to the screen because you're just trying to like desperately get as much as you can 
of what this thing looks like if the monster looks like godzilla does it too the godzilla reboot it does, does yeah, it also true. which is like what does this monster look like and then it pays off yeah in a well, big way i think the reason why godzilla gets away with it though as for me is that godzilla is so big the idea is that we only get parts of him because literally he doesn't fit in the frame like like you know yeah. when he, that, that first scene in godzilla when he's walking through the, the streets the city when he first arrives and i think it's hawaii mm-hmm. and it's like you see like it's like a soldier shoots up a flare like you just see like a wall of skin and it's like this yeah, thing's huge yeah. well this movie's trying to do that like you're you're just seeing it from owen's perspective so you're just seeing the feet because he's hiding under a car or you see just the it's mouth because he eats a guy well no but before that when he's running towards the car like from his perspective he would see everything mm. okay yeah so it actually is going against what the character would see which is why it feels like the camera's kind of working hard not to see it uh and it's not really a complaint so much as that i just i feel it like i feel that the camera really trying not to do something for the sake of the the hiding the the thing Okay. I don't mean to bring it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm I'm crushing the mood of your scene. No, no, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, each of the dudes Owen disguises himself with the gasoline so that you can't smell him. Uh, You know, it's just like that scene in Predator where Arnold puts all the mud on his face for the thermal vision. (laughs) Come on, kill me, do it. (laughs) I'm not here, kill me. I'm here. Uh, But of course, much like the Predator, the Indominus Rex is too smart for a lot of their traps. Uh, but of course the Rex is out and about and they want to try and do this quietly with no one knowing that, that there's like a you know a situation they call like all the rides back in but they don't tell everyone that there's something you know that bad going on uh, they want to take care of it quietly uh, which is why maybe one of the more contrived things is that the the owner himself gets in a helicopter to like you know fly a gunner uh, mm-hmm. I mean there's a, I mean they send like a SWAT team first but obviously the SWAT team just gets completely decimated like they don't even yeah right after it goes it can camouflage <laughs> these last words are just something we can clearly see without anyone telling us <laughs> i don't know why that bugged me yeah yeah so that's one of those movie things i, I guess you could argue that it's more for the characters on the other end of the comms like our, our main characters mm-hmm. hearing this and so that they know that it can do it um it's not something that really comes up a whole lot again after this though bizarrely not really no it's yeah. just there to justify why they couldn't see it the first time yeah and i guess why it was also hiding very well in the paddock itself when they were yeah. you know lured in for the trap uh, <laughs> yeah uh that's what it is i suppose but i they have uh so they have this and obviously well as this is going on the kids are in the gyroscope and this is when we actually finally get to see some stegosaurus some triceratops we get to see the baby triceratops earlier because you see the, the, the little the little toddler the petting zoo yeah the little toddler petting zoo <laughs> Where the kids can read the stegosaurus, uh, mm-hmm. but we see some proper steg- uh, sorry, sorry, triceratops. But you see some proper triceratops and stegosaurus, and I like the bronchosaurus because they had different heads. I thought. Um. Yeah. So it's a, a patasaurus. And go. the Jurassic Park had brachiosaurus, but uh, to be honest, I think the science has kind of changed since then, and I think they're all they all may be the same dinosaur. Just and with different just- heads. Well, I think uh, paleontologists are just, you know, they only they only work with what they got and they keep digging up more stuff and it might sure. all actually be the same dinosaur. Yeah, but they all have like slightly different head shapes. So that's why... I they... don't know. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not? Well, how, how did the mistake... Well, hold on. If, if they thought the head looked like this in one I, dinosaur... I then... But uh, apparently the brachiosaur is no longer a thing. I don't know. 
All, all I'm saying is, is okay, they're the same dinosaur, but their heads are different enough from, you know, from individual to individual that they thought there was different species. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't answer this for you. I know, uh, I know what your train of thought is, but it has a completely different head with the nose like up top. But it, maybe that was a mistake also. Maybe they're actually the same dinosaur. And I don't know. Okay. I don't know who to trust then. <laughs> it's your fault. Everyone's lying to me. Everyone's lying to me. I, a, uh, a lot of these dinosaurs should have had feathers too, but they uh, didn't because this, they are genetically mixed with frog DNA. That's why. There's feathers. That's there's no feathers. So they look cooler. There's stripes. <laughs> there's no stripes. There's, you know, blue's got a stripe. Blue's got the two blue stripes. Probably because uh, he had some bluebird DNA <laughs> mixed in. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, so we get them in the gyroscope. How, how did you feel? I want your opinion on the, the Jimmy Fallon uh, cameo here. I mean, it's probably my least favorite thing in the movie. It's not that I don't buy it because Universal Studios has the same thing. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I buy this as a realistic thing that they would have some celebrity do this weird safety test yeah. thing. Well, it is like if you go to Universal Studios and you take the studio tour, Jimmy Fallon comes on the TV and tells you about all the attractions, stuff that you're going to see. And it's like 15 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and this is a Universal movie. So, I mean, if anything, yeah. it's, it's just a wink, wink, hey, he does the Universal <laughs> Studio stuff. So why wouldn't he do Jurassic Park? Uh, I, you know, so I, I get it. It makes sense. Uh so they kind of you know but again this is the big brother finally starting to kind of like care about his his little brother and like kind of into the dinosaurs finally so he's like no let's not follow the rules and go back because everyone's been called back because everything's closing because of the dominus rex is out and about it's like no let's let's go off and sneak about and look at some other dinosaurs and of course they get attacked for the dominus rex barely narrowly escape with their lives uh mm -hmm. and go on the run uh it's, it's a fun sequence i i like uh I both like and dislike the moment where they realize there's an extra dinosaur because I I do kind of like this the, like oh there's there's four dinosaurs and the the, the little ones like no there's five he's like well oh, aren't you supposed to be a genius like one two three four he's like no five and it's the reflection of the the Rex behind them I'm like on the one hand I'm like this feels a little contrived that the other yeah. one wouldn't see this too or like because because once he points it out it's like really obvious yeah I mean that's true. Yeah. It's uh, I do like the design of the gyroscope a lot, though. I think it's a cool little design for a ride. Oh, yeah, I'd like a ride safari one of these. thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd go in one of these things. For sure. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, Turns out uh, not too good against teeth. But... No, no, no. <laughs> Luckily, though, we don't really have many creatures that have mouths like dinosaurs. I mean, what, an alligator and crocodile is probably the closest. Mm, probably. Yeah. Uh, so... So they actually end up running into kind of the the, the sort of the, the one of the big nostalgia shots of the of the movie, which is they find the original center from Jurassic Park, and this is one of those moments where I said, you know, immediately that this is what it is, partly because it's doing the the slow piano version of the theme, yeah. but but also because you see the red and the yellow, and you know, and you see the paintings on the walls because you, you remember the scenes that took place there, and you see, you the, see the raptor painting. Yeah, they find the goggles, the night vision goggles. They find some of those old trucks from the first movie. Uh, yeah, they literally find everything from the yeah. first film. <laughs> Probably a bit too much. It's what it's one of those things where I like them finding it for the most part. Um, like ha having him pick up the goggles because obviously it, 
what we really remember about the first movie with the goggles was was Tim. It was the the kid yeah, picking up Tim the goggles. Yeah. So like I almost feel like okay, you, you're kind of overplaying your hand a little bit here, and like okay, oh, I get it. He's the Tim of this movie. Where <laughs> I, I, I you know I, I get it. Like yeah, uh, I, I, I suppose he's the one that has to jump. Yeah, he's the one that has to jump. I, I suppose like. I, I suppose I, I can kind of see how I'm being a little hypocritical here because on the one hand I'm saying I want a B movie that's like a Friday the 13th sequel but I'm also saying it's not subtle enough and it's not like Friday the 13th <laughs> sequels are that subtle but Friday the 13th at the very least doesn't feel the need to like reference itself that much so there's not a whole lot of like remember the continuity of the first movie or like... I know I've only seen the first one the Jason, Jason Takes Manhattan and Jason Goes to Space the 10th one those are the ones I've seen yeah. <laughs> that's my trilogy of Friday the 13th I'd recommend a few more, but yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> hey, people give it a lot of shit. I like it a lot. That boxing scene is like that was classic, yeah, beautiful. And who doesn't love Jason X? You're, you're full. I saw that one in theaters. It was the first one I saw. I saw. <laughs> That's such a weird first one to see. <laughs> yeah. Jason goes to I liked it. <laughs> hey, sci-fi. It is. I mean, eventually we just did it in streams because we were doing all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, but. Maybe it'll be a bonus one then. <laughs> oh, you know what a good one would, would be if the movie ever comes out? We should do uh, Moonraker, the James Bond movie, before the new Bond movie comes out. Because, you know, it's on the moon. It's a sci-fi. I suppose. <laughs> Just imagine how angry Connor would be if he doesn't need to do the James Bond movie. I like that part. That part's huh? okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, where were we anyway? So, so they get a car working. Uh, they run off. Uh, it's around this time. Obviously, Claire is very worried that she doesn't know where her nephews are. The babysitter's lost them. She basically has to run to Owen and say, "Hey, can you help me? My nephews are," and she doesn't know what age they are. And it kind of like <laughs> it's like a moment of self realization for her because he's like, "You don't know what age your nephews are," like, <laughs> which. I mean, to, I mean, I can relate a little bit. It's hard to remember people's ages. So Owen and Claire go looking for the kids, and they they come across some dead dinosaurs. And this is kind of Claire's big like, oh wait, they're actually animals with feelings moment because she actually mm-hmm. holds the dinosaurs that dies, and we see just the the you know the the, the field of dead dinosaurs and Pratt's like, it's killing for sport. Yeah. Hmm personal it's not killing because it's hungry well i think what's beautiful about that is that it, it clearly sets it up apart from the t-rex because the t-rex you know well it did seem to go after everyone it you know there was never like this idea that it was only doing it because oh it wanted to kill things for the just for the fun of killing it was always no no it, it, it eats things it eats people <laughs> so it's going to eat them uh, yeah this is more jaws the revenge than jaws you know <laughs> what a weird what a weird uh, comparison, but yes. Uh, uh, Matt's favorite uh, trivia for Jaws of Revenge is uh, uh, someone that once asked Michael Caine if he ever actually finally saw, because he's in that movie, did he ever see yeah. Jaws of Revenge? And he says, no, but I saw the house that it built. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they, uh, they they go hunting, they find the, the remains of the cars, and it's like, oh, they were here, and they, there's a little scene here where they're hiding from the wrecks, as it's, like, sort of sniffing about. Uh, but ultimately, the kids actually drive back to the main area of the park, 
And that's right around then when the boss man in the helicopter try to attack the Adominus Rex. It breaks into the, the birdcage area, which lets out all the pterodactyls. And the pterodactyls mm-hmm. go flying into the, the mass of people in the main part of the park. And... Where we get the best death ever in the history of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. This did not look like the the blonde being frozen then her head smashed on the table from Jason X to me. <laughs> That is a good one too. Yeah, I know my deaths. <laughs> I know my deaths. Uh, so this one's up there though. It's pretty good for for a movie that's PG thirteen and not even meant to be a movie with kills in it, like you know, good kills. It's so brutal. Yeah, it's it's a pretty brutal scene. So it's just why? <laughs> what her, did she do? Her name in this is Zara. Okay. <laughs> does yeah, that, it's a dumb name. Does it even sound remote? Sorry, Daddy Zara's who are watching. Tara is clearly the better way of spelling it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like someone took your name and said, we want this to sound futuristic. Mm-hmm. Zara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Tara becomes too trendy, you know. Yeah. You jazz it up a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, your parents must have beat by not naming your sister Zara. You've been Tara and Zara. Yeah. Um, that's dumb. <laughs> you'd have had the same together you'd have had the same initials as Twilight Zone you could have made a bit out of it uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore it's, you know what Th- this, this review is is we've had to pause a couple of times for various different reasons usually animals and like my, my thought process is just so gone at this point <laughs> we still have one more review to do so let's hurry this along <laughs> I've been yawning since we pressed the record. <laughs> Fine, I feel rushed. I feel rushed. Okay. Well, right. I mean, if we if we push anything back, we have to do it on March twentieth, which is the release day of two video games. I don't want to do anything that day except for play video games. Two video games that I'm not playing though, so I don't mind too much. <laughs> Your loss. <laughs> it's okay i'll make sure you have time to play doom and animal crossing okay i'll make sure you have time i'm, I'm all about it i'm all about making I'm not sure you sleep at all <laughs> uh why, why did i get the feeling i'm about to start getting like images sent to me like hey look at my look at my island look at my island at animal crossing isn't it pretty like mm-hmm. that's, that's great tara it's great and then look at the demon. Look at this kill. <laughs> I'll put it in the fridge. I'll look print my it. Doom cave. <laughs> I'll print it out and put it in the fridge. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Yay. I'm so, so excited. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is where they reunite with the kids. Uh, there's a whole moment here where Pratt gets attacked by a pterodactyl and uh, Claire actually picks up the gun and like fights it off uh, and when he gets up he kisses her so we get kind of uh, I kind of so manly cause, yeah so manly but I, I do, I do kind of like I don't necessarily need the kiss in the movie but it's a B movie so it's fine you're going to have your, your main you know male and female kiss whatever but mm-hmm. I think what I do like about it's placement here is that I think it feels less like cliched by having it here in the middle of act 2 as opposed to at the end of act 3 yeah. Because there's even a moment at the end when they're in silhouette and I thought they were going to kiss again. And they didn't. And I'm like, oh, but we already had the kiss, so it didn't really matter either way. So, you know, we've already done it. Yeah, and it was a you saved my life kiss. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, you know, it worked well enough. Um, so they're with the kids uh, and she she puts them in the back of like an ambulance <laughs> to, 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 so you'll be safe in here. Yeah. Uh, 
under what context in fact i'll be honest one yeah. of one of the best jokes of the movie honestly is when she says put on your seat belts and there's no seat belts in those chairs and she's like well hold hands then and she shuts the doors and then there's just there's like a pause like a beat and then the younger kid just puts his hand out <laughs> to hold hands yeah the ty simkin simkin i don't know how to say his name but he's a good little actor yeah, Ty Simpkins. Like Iron Man 3 and Insidious, right? He was in the Insidious movies. Wait, is that a kid from Iron Man 3? Yeah. I did not realize I think so. that. Uh, no, you're right, yes. Yeah. I did I did not realize yeah, that. Yeah, he's just like all eyes and mop top hair. I did not realize that the kid from Insidious, the kid from Jurassic World, and the kid from Iron Man 3 were all the same kid. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that is... I recognize them as the same. Yeah, but did you recognize him in Endgame when he popped up? No, <laughs> <laughs> because now he's like twenty. Because now he's twenty, and he looks really different. <laughs> I mean, I think I I sort of figured it out, but at the at the moment during the scene, I was like, "Who is that?" And then I was like, "I wonder if that's the kid from Iron Man three, all grown up." Yeah, I mean, because who else could it have been? The really? funny thing is, it's only that was only four years after Jurassic World, but it's such a change. Oh yeah, he went through a growth spurt. Yeah, such a change. So, anyway, let me go back to the night. I mean, picture. So, this is when. Vincent D'Onofrio, barbecue dad, finally gets his way because because the boss man's been killed. He finally gets to enact what he's been wanting to do, which is let's use the raptors to hunt it down. And Pratt doesn't want to do it, but he's like, look, we had this with you without you, so Pratt agrees to do it. And we get you know the big thing, you know, he's on the motorbike with the raptors, and it's like the raptors going to hunt down the the Indominus. And the the reveal here is so obvious. It's like, of course, the other main ingredient in this dinosaur is a raptor. Like it's it was like. This was the most predictable I mean, he looks thing. Like the raptor. Yeah, this was the most predictable thing. Like, maybe not in the history of movie making, but definitely one of the most predictable things <laughs> they could have done. It was so obvious. So, so the moment where he's like, "That thing's part raptor," I'm like, "Oh no, shit!" Like, like of course, it's a mix of a T Rex and a raptor. Yeah. Because what's more terrifying than a T Rex and a raptor? A raptor the size of a T Rex. That, <laughs> that's what this thing is with camouflage technology. Exactly. With cuttlefish. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and they all get killed. And this, I think this, this is kind of where the movie clicks for me probably really well. I think, because up until this point, it's been kind of like some weird pacing, some a weird order to some of the reveals. But mm-hmm. I, I like, you know, lots of, lots of parts of it that it's been doing. But I think it's this point because I think the chemistry between Claire and the kids, now that they're finally together, actually works quite well. You know, there's moments where she says, oh, you can't watch this when she shuts the little window uh, to the back of the, the van. Or when, like, you know, they see Pratt riding on the motorbike with the dinosaurs and they're like, hey, your boyfriend's really cool. And she kind of gives this like, yeah. sly little smell off. There's lots of little moments there. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of starting to like these characters um it's a shame that it didn't start happening until like, over halfway in the movie but i am actually genuinely starting to like these characters a bit yeah so oh, i agree i like these um I, I really like the third act of the film a lot i mean even though if, if it is like not a big reveal that the indominus rex is also part raptor i do like that he becomes the new alpha temporarily and the raptors turn on everybody there when they're you know trying to use them as a weapon Do you know what and I think it is? like oh yeah they're animals and they're gonna siegfried and roy us i think what it is is that up until this point it's basically just copying the structure of jurassic park but when you get to this point and it's like oh let's use raptors to hunt the thing it's like okay this is genuinely different this is genuinely <laughs> new and different and even though it does kind of end up back at the the center again like the original movie like it, it does take a different path to get there and i think a lot of the stuff that comes from this part and beyond of the movie 
you know, with the the kids throwing the the, the canisters out the back of the van. Mm-hmm. They hit the Raptors. They go to the the, the center and they confront D'Onofrio. I do. I, if I have one disappointment in the third act, it's probably D'Onofrio's death's a bit too simple. I'm like, ah, oh, he deserved a bit more of a a brutal. Yeah, I mean, it's a little hubrisy, you know. His yeah. I can talk to the Raptor, and it's smart enough to. <laughs> to know something or know that i'm on its side and uh then you can just get eaten but mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean he must have had high blood pressure too because that blood spurt was let's <laughs> be honest he kind of look, it looks like he has high blood pressure yeah <laughs> no offense <laughs> no offense mr d'onofrio we love you d'onofrio but, but you have the shape of a man with high blood pressure uh <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> what am I get to uh so but the third act though uh is is for me capped off with the big final confrontation and i think so many of these jurassic park films kind of falter when it comes to the third act confrontations where it feels like they don't have one like jurassic park 3 so the big stuff's on the boat in the water and then it kind of feels like it just and then it just has a Robocop ending. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you have the other moments where, like, the, the original movie does kind of have the T-Rex come in and sort of save them. And that's solid. But it's not much of a fight, right? It's, it's almost like a quick yeah. moment. Whereas this kind of paid off kind of the promise of that where we're going to probably, properly get, like, a fight. Like, it's all... The ending kind of feels a lot more like a Godzilla movie and that Godzilla finally gets to fight the thing. Like, you know, like, oh, the, the villain's yeah. been here and finally Godzilla's unleashed. But in the context of Jurassic Park, the Godzilla is the T-Rex. And the T-Rex. <laughs> we have a t-rex uh thank you and notably like it is the same t-rex as the original movie this has been something that uh is, is pointed out but the, everything because this is the thing where so much of the callbacks to the original movie like some of which feel a bit forced some of which feel very natural this the, one is such like a fist pumping moment though like, well, yeah well cause... yeah that's what that's what i was getting to is that this the the build up to this because it's not just that we have a callback to the original film and the t-rex and it's not just that it's exciting that we have the t-rex itself mm-hmm. it's that so 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 just to set up the, the context here right so the dominus rex is around it's it's knocked out blue because because we have a moment where chris pratt actually is ma- is is able to sort of convert blue back to being on their side right and it's kind of a sweet yeah. moment and it actually makes you feel sorry for the raptor because the dominus rex slaps it across the building right but then we have like everyone sort of like ducking and diving, perhaps trying to shoot at it, and the kids like we need more teeth, and like Claire's like I've got an idea, and she like calls Jake John says hey o- open paddock nineteen or whatever it is, and he's like are you sure? It's like yeah just do it, be a man for once, and he's, he's like why'd you have to make it personal? <laughs> and he's like okay, and the, 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 you know and the music does the thing where it's like boom boom mm-hmm. right, which is kind of emulating the footsteps. But the reason why I think this works so perfectly is because the moment she lights that flare, everyone yeah. knows what this is. Yeah. Everyone. And to be honest, the first time I saw it, it took until the flare when I went, oh, forget the T-Rex. I didn't know I wanted this so bad. <laughs> and because it kept it back from us the whole movie, it, it treated it like, it, like it's ace. You forget about it, to be honest, because yeah. you're so invested in the raptors and the Indominus Rex. Like, because yeah, it almost has the feeling of like, oh, the this movie's just chose they're choosing not to have the T Rex because the T Rex was such a fixture of the first two that yeah. they wanted to get away from that. It it, nope. it almost tricks you into thinking, oh, T Rex is being saved for the end for a good reason. He's yeah. the dessert. She's the dessert. She's the Excuse dessert. Me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> remember, we checked up under the skirts. They're all she's. Uh, and you don't have to worry about 
dinosaur genitalia if it's all female. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that. Some dinosaur dong. <laughs> just T-Rex dong just hanging there. Anyway, uh, so... Uh, the T-Rex, because everything about this entrance is wonderful. Her using the flare is such an excellent callback to that, yeah. you know, those those scenes with the T-Rex in the first movie. Uh, it's perfect because it tells you, even though there's no reason to associate the flare with the T-Rex, although there is actually a subtle little thing in this movie, when we do get the hints of the T-Rex when the kids go and see it, uh, there is a flare that's thrown in by, you know, people around the park to, to sort of signal oh, where yeah. the food is. So there is a little like, sort of foreshadowing with the flare there, but let's be honest for most of us for all of us who are adults who grew up with jurassic park it's this this the reference to the the classic flair moment and you know she, it, the entrance the way it walks slowly out of the shadows towards you just her. see the eyes light up like yeah. in the reflection oh it's so good yeah <laughs> uh, are you aware of this bit of trivia that when it enters the uh i'll call it the arena for the fight uh the main sort of walkway the the, the park it's, I noticed it this time. It smashes through a, a Spinosaurus skeleton. Yes. Yeah. Some payback. <laughs> Some payback. Yeah. Stupid Spinosaurus. Uh, do you know, I, do you know what I wish? I almost wish that... Because see when, see when the, 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 the T-Rex first appears and just as it's clear starts to run, you actually do hear a little just a little bit. Like you hear a couple of notes in the main theme. You know, a little bit... Dun, 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 but then, then it's, the back half of it goes on to a darker thing because you know, we're in danger still, right? I yeah. almost wish that when it, when it went through the... Because uh, what actually plays when it goes through the Spinosaurus is the, the main theme of Jurassic World plays, right? The... Uh, mm. da, na, 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 na. You know, the, 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 the main theme, right? Uh, what I wish they did was somehow work the ringtone. Like, but not but not like... Not hear the ringtone, but just like an orchestral version of it. The theme song of the Spinosaurus. Yeah, like. They should have done that just for the joke. What I love about that, though, is that, like, that means that they actually referenced Jurassic Park 3. And is there anything in this movie that actually references The Lost World? Do they bring up San Diego at all? No, they don't mention it. And. Uh, yeah it's just interesting it's, uh, like it, i mean it doesn't it doesn't canonize jurassic park 3 because they don't actually i mean it's just like an joke more than it is an actual you know plot yeah. point but still it's, it's fun well did malcolm write the book after the first one was did he already have the book in the sequel uh the chaos the, the chaos theory book he did yeah did he write that is that part of the last world is that the only reference to the last world? No, no, no. The, the book that's on the, the table is the book they already written for the for, in the first movie. Oh, it wasn't the book that he wrote about his experience on the island. No, no, no. It was it was the Chaos Theory book. Okay. Because uh, yeah, because the book that they talk about in the second movie, the one that sort of joked about in the third one, is the one that he wrote about dinosaurs. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So take take that as you want. But the reason why this 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 works so well at the end is because. Because what what are the two dinosaurs you remember from Jurassic Park? The, two, the first two that spring to mind. You think of the T Rex, you think of the Velociraptor, and what yep. this this final fight does is that it takes the T Rex and the Velociraptor, the OG yep. dinosaurs. This is Godzilla and Mothra teaming up. Down yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know, this is the thing. I, I wasn't sure how well this was going to work for me this time. Obviously, the T Rex entrance is great, but Joe, you know moment I popped for again, and I wasn't expecting to really care this time, but I still did. It's the moment where the T-Rex is almost beat and you just hear mm-hmm. the squeal of, the, of Blue and she runs in like a kamikaze even though she's this tiny little velociraptor. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's a tag, they're tag teaming. I and love that, it. 
I, they kind of wink at each other at the end before they <laughs> even yeah this is like glorious b-movie monster action and this is where like i think like if, if it didn't have this third act i think my opinion of this movie would be a lot weaker overall I, oh I, yeah the, the third act is so strong it's what makes it it's what makes it all click and work it's what for me. made me like get out of the theater and go bring it around again yeah i want to ride it again B- because it. I, and i still pop for it i still had so much fun with this this final fight uh, and there is that yeah. meta thing of like okay this new abomination is going down but the original two dinosaurs teaming up against it and of course the, the actual kill shot comes from the mosasaurus who jumps out and, yeah uh, the Sammy- deus ex mosasaur <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the Samuel Jackson kill. Not the Samuel Jackson kill from Jurassic Park, admittedly. It's the Samuel Jackson kill from Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> but Samuel Jackson, all the same. <laughs> uh, that's up there with Beth's death, also. I love Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue sea. I, I think that's close enough that's to sci fi. We could we could do Deep Blue Sea at some point. I'm pretty sure that's more horror. That's a Screams movie. Nah, they're genetically engineered sharks. All right. They make them super smart. That's the whole point of that movie is that they've made the sharks smarter. That sounds like a Patreon bonus. I mean, I'm okay with that, but I'm just saying I think we could do Deep Blue Sea. Plus, it has the single best one-liner in the history of movie making. Hold on to your butts? No. You eat my bird is the single best one-liner. Well, anyway. Do you like the ending of Jurassic World, I suppose? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's the greatest. <laughs> I, I do. Actually... I don't even know what happens after the Mosasaur pops out. Like, ah, uh, we see them all like at, at like a warehouse, like on on Costa Rica, like getting you know patched up, and the parents arrive. And uh, but the final shot though, which was the perfect thing to end on, is the the camera. The main theme is playing as it, the camera goes back to the island, and the T Rex stands a tall above the security building, and just roars into the sky, and we end mm-hmm. on that shot. I, I, I own this island now. Of, of course that's what we end on um jurassic i mean jurassic world is not a perfect movie jurassic world has a lot of things where no. you can poke at it and say they're trying to be cool with these characters they're trying to be cute with this thing and not all of it works yeah, but, like there are people who just genuinely hate this movie and i i don't get it like it's so fun how do you hate how do you leave the theater after that third act and go well that was a letdown like, what were you expecting? I, well, I have to imagine that people who hate this movie just don't like B-movies. Like, I have to imagine they they don't like movies that, the way we like some, you know, goofier movies. They, they can't do. Yeah. Like, I think it's fun. It's not, like, it's not like we're coming out of this saying, hey, that's up there with, like, The Terminator. We're not. Like, there's a, there's a gulf of difference. We're of not saying not. that at all. Uh <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, Tara there for a second for the audio system. still want know why we, we kind of paused there for a second. Uh, yeah, like, I, I... I think the movie, like, does have its faults. There's definitely some pacing... What is this noise? What are you doing? <laughs> I've got... I've got a bag of stuff that's on top of the cable to plug in my computer so that it stops freezing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> done it is finished uh-huh okay well i don't worry Business have, as usual. i don't want to have to cut another chunk so i'm just going to go with it right it's fine right this is it in this part of the episode yep i have troubleshooted the issue and uh should be good now if it if it doesn't work again and then we'll just i don't know turn it off and turn it back on again 
Yeah. Yes, and knowing Tara, she'll not tell me she's going to do that. She'll just do it mid-recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's Jurassic World. That, that, that's that's the movie, pretty much. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm impressed actually. I, I didn't even do a Hammond line until Tara prompted me. I uh, I held it in. How about that? I know. Restraint. Yeah. Or forgetfulness. I know, I know. I was thinking about it. You know, when he was in the helicopter, when Bossman was in the helicopter, and he was bringing up, you know, spared no expense. He used to say, uh, like, you know, <laughs> it really took a lot of me not to be like spared no expense. You know, hard. Well done. So you know, you should be very proud. That's fine. <laughs> now, I, I guess a big thing here for for me is just that. What I want from Jurassic Park sequels is I don't expect great films. I expect fun B-movies. and Yeah, you can't expect the first movie. Having silly characters, having some silly ideas is kind of part and parcel for that. And I I think going into a Jurassic Park sequel expecting an actual good movie, because this is the thing, movies about monsters eating people are very rarely beyond B-movie good. So the fact that the, the original Jurassic Park was able to attain that is actually, like a special it's why it's special yeah yeah, lightning strikes once kind of thing it's never going to happen again and i i i feel like yeah if you go into you know people who only want to watch the original halloween because that's the masterpiece i get it because it is it's night and day above everything else but i like some Mm -hmm. of those sequels i like halloween 4 i like halloween 2 and you know this is kind of like like and like that this is why i compare this series to those horror franchises it's like I'm not expecting gold from these sequels. I'm expecting a silly fun time with dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about the the new one, and you know if they make another trilogy after that, I'd be excited for those too. Oh yeah, we'll we'll talk about our hopes for the the new one once we've done a uh, Fallen Kingdom. But sure, uh, I have to admit though, I always have to double check in my head before I say that name. I'm like, was it Fallen Kingdom? Was that a title? <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not a memorable title, is what is my point. On uh, 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 yeah, not really. Yeah. It's okay. Jurassic World Two would have just been <laughs> a much better title, but would have been fine. They're scared of numbers now, apparently, for some reason. Even that... Jurassic Park Five would have been fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I'd be annoyed now because they'd switched the world. Like, like, see if they call it Jurassic World Two: Colon Jurassic Park Five. That would have been <laughs> that have been funny. I mean, we. I don't know. It it's better. You don't want to be like the Xbox, you know, where you're just like, well, we just had Xbox One, even though it wasn't the first one. So what do we call it now? Actually, do we go to Colors or they <laughs> Omega? Should, they should pull a Rambo and call it Jurassic Park colon Jurassic World 2. Yeah, or <laughs> or just make uh, like Episode 4, you know. What? Star Wars colon A New Hope. It's Episode 5. Don't call it Episode 4. <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> I was talking about Star Wars. Uh, don't, don't, don't confuse the matter by changing what, what number we're at now. <laughs> I'm saying you could pull... Never mind. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine. So you're saying it should be Jurassic Park Episode 5, Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. What's not clear about that? <laughs> oh dear so what we should do is see for like the when they bring it back again after because uh, they've had jurassic park they've had jurassic world uh the next one has to be jurassic land right that's that's the other theme park title jurassic, jurassic park land. land yeah I, either that or they've franchised it out and there's more than one so you call it jurassic parks jurassic planet jurassic planet there you go 
Uh, that's going really sci-fi with it, though. <laughs> we'll see. The... I suspect they're going pretty sci-fi in the next one. So, oh, what's your theory then? If, if they do Jurassic Planet, is it that we've evacuated because dinosaurs have taken over Earth? Or have we shot... Yeah, it's like a World War Z film, or... except with dinosaurs. Well, no, I was thinking more Planet of the Apes. Or is it the opposite? We have jettisoned the dinosaurs off to another planet because they were too dangerous, so now they have, they have claimed Mars or something. <laughs> can't live on Mars. <laughs> just an example. All right, fine. Some planet light years away that we found it was habitable. Oh, so we have like a portal system and we invent portals in order to get rid of the dinosaur problem. <sighs> it was a dumb joke and Tara's picking it apart with science. <laughs> like, we, they brought back dinosaurs from the dead, all right? Are you really questioning <laughs> this part so much? I think it's in my right, yes. <laughs> I don't know what I want for the next one. I imagine, yeah, it'd be, I I want a Dawn, Dawn of the Jurassic World, part two, or part three. No, the next one's Dawn. The, next, the last one has to be War for the Jurassic planet. <laughs> yeah, but I want the Dawn, where I, I want it where, like, okay, dinosaurs have taken over, but it was kind of man's fault. And so you, you want to root for man, but you sort of root for the dinosaurs because they're cooler. <laughs> Is you know, is but they have to work together to like stop Koba. Wait, is Andy Serkis playing the, playing the T Rex in the next one? Is that what's happening? I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't played them already. To be honest, <laughs> I've just seen him on stilts, but also with his arms and like this. Just like, he's on stilts, <laughs> just going around like raw, raw. <laughs> uh, Andy Serkis is the best. <laughs> oh man it, yes Jurassic World is a fun time it's not perfect there's definitely some kind of cynical you can see the, the Matrix code a little bit if you're paying attention to it mm-hmm. in, in terms of like oh we're trying to like sort of just have the right amount of nostalgia to like harken back to all these things and it, it does go a bit too far sometimes but some of the other parts work really well the, the, the T-Rex is just mwah like Ugh. as far as comebacks go that is a beautiful moment so the best yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give it all the points. That moment works for me a lot, as does that entire final fight with uh, the raptor. Because um, I, mm-hmm. I think they made me care and root for a raptor, which, given the raptors in the previous movies, is a goddamn yeah, the accomplishment. Are you know terrifying in the first movie? Yeah. So because they're the smart ones. That's where I'd give it points for. Uh, not perfect, but hey, we'll get into the mixed bag that is Fallen Kingdom. Uh, yeah. that's, what the, that's what the consensus is anyway we'll see how we feel when we watch it uh, but I think it's a mixed bag for myself <laughs> don't reveal that now make, make them come back make, uh, I don't know I can't remember really uh, yeah I've listened to the next one once I, I saw it once in theaters so this will be my second watch when we do the next one yeah I know I like the dinosaur the the raptor the mm. indoraptor is that what it's called I can't remember yeah it sounds right yeah he's uh, mean or she, mm. she's a full metal bitch. <laughs> oh, I, I just remembered. I, I'd completely forgotten this, but the next one actually gives us like another Hammond. It's like Hammond's oh, yeah, brother. Right. We get like a with, second uh, Hammond. Is that from Cochrane? Yeah, yeah, with uh, yeah, I can't remember his real name, but yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, it turns out uh, Hammond had a partner. <laughs> I, I I remember laughing my ass off uh, when that well, not out loud, but I remember like when in the theater and they got to this new Hammond who's walking around as an old man. And I'm like, oh great, they actually brought a new, they got they got a new Hammond because they wanted a Hammond this time. <laughs> hey, Jesus if you're Christ. gonna get one, get James Cromwell. Yeah, that was his name. There you go. Uh, 
So, but anyway, more on that next time. Royalty, of course, I know his name. <laughs> All right, that is uh, Jurassic World. We will rate the film uh, as as we are want to do here. Uh, Tara, what are you giving Jurassic World out of ten? I I think this is probably the best sequel. I really don't really have that many problems with it. Um, if you just accept the movie for what it is, which is a B monster movie, it's it's you know it delivers and. I think it's fun. I think it sets up um, cool ideas for sequels of more dinosaur kills, which is the one thing we want to see. Even PG-13, they make it work. Um, I think it's it's a fun ride. Not not a great movie. They can't all be Jurassic Park. And I don't expect any of them will ever be Jurassic Park, but that's okay. I still think it's fun. I think it's worth watching. I'm going to give it an 8. I think it's an 8. Okay, I think I gave it an 8 when I first saw it. I think I've went down a little bit since then. Uh, you know, I, I think the the ooh and the ah, you know, to quote Jeff Goldblum from the first movie, uh, like, that that really took over me because of just how good, the, like, how much I enjoyed that third act. I think mm-hmm. as it is, I'll probably knock it down to a 7 and say it's a really solid 7. It's a really solid, fun B-monster movie. Um, some issues, sure, but ultimately it gives me a lot of what i want from it um and we'll see how we feel about fallen kingdom which i've only seen the one so i'm actually generally curious to see how i feel about it uh next i think time. i only saw it once too so now i'll be curious and that, that'll be us wrapping up another franchise uh and we will get on to another one we, we actually have plans to quickly do another franchise like very rapidly uh soon uh mm-hmm. so after we do that one we'll start another longer one and we'll start what chipping away at some other big franchise Maybe Robocop. Yep. Maybe Planet of the Apes. Ooh. We did a vote for the last one. Maybe this one we'll just decide what we want to do. Uh, Probably do a vote again. There's so many good franchises. Yeah, but I mean, would you want to avoid that the three losers are the last one? Because we'd have to to make it an interesting vote. Oh. So that, that would write off Robocop, Jurassic... Or no, uh, obviously Jurassic Park, but it would write off Robocop, Star Wars, and uh, Planet of the Apes. Well, did we do Planet of the Apes in the last vote? I don't know if we did. I can't remember. That one or in The Matrix. I don't think it was the Matrix. I think it was that. I mean, obviously, we'll be definitely doing the Matrix movies in the next year or so because they're doing a new Matrix movie. So, oh okay, maybe that would be a good one to start. We'll see. Yeah, maybe a little bit too early for that though. But hey, uh, that is uh, that is our discussion on Jurassic World. Of course, you can let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at the Ace Podcast and at mailed underscore fuzz. If you want to support the show, you can rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and a review. More people will find us that way. You can, of course, go to patreon.com slash TV as we mentioned earlier, and get some bonuses for your troubles. Uh, otherwise, that is us. You'll check out Screams After Midnight, the horror movie podcast that I do with Tim. It's kind of like this one, but it's horror movies and it's, it's Tim instead of Tara. And it's... Oh. Uh, That's too bad. <laughs> yes uh this is it's fun uh we, we 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 do some silly movies on there too uh in fact if you mentioned friday the 13th a few times in this this review uh me and tim have now reviewed 10 of those movies we've only got a couple left so we've been working through that franchise for over two years now but we're almost done we're almost done so go check out that if you want to so that is us uh so tara uh do you want to recommend anything as well uh that we do well, it's probably too late to recommend Picard. Yes. So I will recommend that people check out the live streams that you do. There's uh, every now and then uh, 
I don't know, two to seven times a week, Peter will do a <laughs> live stream with the audience where you can interact with him directly, ask questions. Um, and if you ring the bell thing, the icon, you'll know exactly when he goes live and there's a really fun community. So go check it out. It's never been seven in one week. That is a complete exaggeration. <laughs> I, I don't know. I get notifications all the time. It's like a couple a week. <laughs> couple a week. That's all. All right. Uh, but yes, uh, you can, of course, uh, go do that. And in this trying time when everyone's quarantined, you try try to avoid touching others. Uh, just touch yourself instead. We're okay. <laughs> no, I just I th- I thought of a joke about the the air break, and I thought I'm going to make my joke. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was, it was good. Don't pay me. Uh, <laughs> thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching sci-fi movies guys and computer that's salsa rawr